You're listening to the Crochet Conversations podcast with Ines and Mel, and this is episode 46, The Strike on Etsy. Helpful or harmful? Hello, good morning everybody. Welcome back to another episode on the pod. Yes, welcome back. Happy Sunday, guys. I said good morning, but it's only because it's morning here now. But wherever you are in the world, good day. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Hello. Just hello. Good day. Uh, So I know that we're supposed to be talking about the part two of our current whips, but I felt that this episode was too important for us not to talk about it. So that's what we're going to do today. And our whips are going to be here, worry you not. Our whips are not going to go anywhere. In fact, it might grow. So, <laughs> Yeah, there, there might be more things to add onto might, the list, right? Yeah, there might be more whips. So we will resume that next week. Hopefully nothing happens. <laughs> if Etsy replies, maybe we might do a part two, just like the... Um, what was the other one we did? Uh, the We Are Knitters. Uh, we Are Knitters, yeah. We didn't intend for it to be two episodes for that one, but yeah. it ended up as two episodes. So, if Etsy replies and something does happen from now till next week, then maybe you have to wait a little bit longer <laughs> for our whips. But for now, Let's today, talk about, yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Etsy strike. Oh, and before we begin, thanks everyone who joined us on our Instagram live again. Yeah, for uh, during uh, this, this weekend. Yeah, we had a Good Friday sale and then we had uh, a Good Friday, Saturdays, yarn <laughs> sale. So it was two days of Instagram live and you, some of you guys really joined us and stuck with us the whole time. It was, you know, it's really fun and I really appreciate it really honestly. Even if you didn't buy anything, the fact that you were there and contributing to conversation, it was just fun and hearing all your ideas and so yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. So in today's episode, we really wanted to catch this window where the Etsy strike was still happening and I'm sure all of you know what's going on with the Etsy strike. You know, basically some creators are saying from the 11th April to the 18th of April not to use any, not to go onto Etsy's website. Sort of uh, boycott the site, right? Yeah, to kind of boycott their website or, or whatever, you know. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about it because we definitely have our opinions on it. We are not affected by this strike per se because we don't have, uh, we're not on Etsy anymore. We used to be, but we've sort of left uh, the platform many years ago, which we will get into the reasons why later on in this podcast. I also want to say that this this Etsy strike is not particularly pertaining to crochets and knitters. It's just for all creators. Yeah. And that's why... You know, as a creator, myself, ourselves, I feel like it's important still to talk about it because it's whatever's happening with Etsy is it's only because it's happening with Etsy now. If there is another platform in the future and it happens with that platform, that could also happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, it could be any platform. It's just that right now it's happening with Etsy. And we see some, you know, like issues with it. We we do have, you know, some issues with it per se, but we also see its benefits. So, you know, it's a little bit of a mixed feelings for us. So we want to, you know, today unpack how we really feel about that and share it with you guys because, you know, this is what we want the podcast to be. 
you know, a place for engaging thought. And it's no, we are not just talking about how pretty someone's crochet stuff looks, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. There is so much more that goes on behind the psychology of why we crochet or why we craft. And, you know, platforms like Etsy exploit that. Yeah. And I think it's so important that we talk about it today. And before we begin, I think it's important for us to even explain what Etsy is. Yeah, for sure. Because we, you know, as you guys know, we're based in Singapore. And based on our statistics, there are a lot of listeners who are not based in Singapore and also not based in the US. Yeah. And I know that we have a very huge uh, listener base in the US, US, but... You know, we also have in other places like smaller countries around the region and everywhere else too. And it may sound incredulous, but you know, some people may not know what Etsy is. Yeah. I don't know whether, honestly, I don't know whether people don't know what Etsy is, but in case you don't, because there are times where I'm talking to friends who are absolutely not in the crafting world, that they're like bankers and stuff. And I mean, based in Singapore, and I say, oh, I used to be on Etsy, and they go, what in the world is Etsy? Like, who's Etsy? Yeah, because <laughs> it sounds like a girl's <laughs> yeah, name. Name, yeah. So, uh, let's talk about what Etsy is first. And Etsy is basically an American-based company, an e-commerce web- website, if you may, uh, that basically connects independent creators with their customers. And that's sort of how it grew and that's sort of the reputation it has, which is if you are an independent creator or maker wanting to put your stuff somewhere that doesn't get overshadowed or swallowed by, you know, other brands like on Amazon or yeah, yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. you put them on Etsy. So it's kind of like a specialized marketplace to promote handmade stuff. And, you know, according to what they say on their website, And I'm reading this directly from their website, okay? Okay. It says they are focused on handmade, vintage, or craft supplies, which can include jewellery, bags, clothing, home decor, toys, art, or craft supplies and tools. And they're very specific about these things. Like, there's no reselling. Um, You have to either make it yourself or have some sort of handmade element. Yeah. Whether you've designed it or it's your design or, you know, whatever. And if it's vintage, it has to be at least 20 years old. Okay. And apparently, I mean, I don't sell vintage, so I don't know. But apparently, you have to submit some sort of form and certify that it is actually old. Oh, wow. I don't know how they're going to do that, but, you know, that's apparently that's what you have to do. Okay. And why people choose Etsy or why creators choose Etsy in the first place was because, firstly, it gives you a place that you can put your things on like a website without actually having the hassle of creating your own website. Uh, They have safe and secure payment. Basically, there is a whole payment structure, e-commerce structure put up for you already where you can collect payment from people. And, well, at this time, it was supposed to be a good thing that it works off a review system. So you can sort of judge a seller whether you like their stuff or whether the workmanship and quality of their stuff is good or not. And this was initially what the review system was for. So keeping all these things in mind, if you are an indie creator or maker, you want to put your things out there, and this is not just for crochet, okay? It could be for anything. Jewelry making. Yeah, as long as it's handmade, right? Yeah, and you can sell like physical products or digital products. So you can allow them to download like a PDF of an art piece that you've created or whatever, okay? Right. So if you are an indie maker and you don't have a place to go... 
Etsy seems to be like the perfect option for you yeah. because you know it's gained such a reputation that if people are looking for handmade stuff, they automatically go to Etsy. Yeah, as a maker, it just it sounds good, right? Because that's where my customer base is. Exactly. So you go to where your customers are. So, in theory, on paper, you know Etsy looks pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so maybe let's share a little bit about how it works. So basically, you open an account, and that's free to open the account. You register yourself. You know, you fill out your bio, etc., etc. You select yourself as a seller, and then you start branding yourself. You can create your Etsy banners, your profile picture, your shop name, yada yada yada. You put up something to sell. Somebody buys it, and then they bill you on a monthly. Basis. Okay, so it seems straightforward enough, which I guess is also why Etsy was so popular. So maybe some numbers. Uh, it opened in two thousand and five, and within two years, and and this numbers shocked me too. I didn't realize how popular it was because you know in Singapore. Etsy is not really a thing. Yeah, and that's that's also one of the reasons why we left. But we'll get we'll get into that later. So, uh, within two years of opening in two thousand and five, there were more than half a million users, and twenty six million dollars in sales. Wow, within two years. Wow, within two years. I have been working my butt off in <laughs> our business, and within two years, I was earning like twenty six dollars. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding, but. You know, to have wow. that platform that can bring in that amount is insane. Yeah, and in twenty eighteen, you know, there were more than two million sellers, and more than fifty million products listed, and more than one point nine three billion dollars of sale transactions. Wow! And it's billion with the B. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something must be working for you know for makers to to want to put their things on the site. Yeah. Something clearly must be working. So yeah. if that's the case, why the need for a strike? Okay, and that's also what is a little bit baffling to me. Um, and I don't know if it's because we are based here in Singapore and yeah. geographically, we are more distance from the event or like we're more distance from this issue. We're not really in the heart where people are talking about it. Yeah. Right. It's not like we are knitters. Uh, the whole saga with We Are Knitters because here we have Zara here. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so pe- when people walk past Zara, they know what it entails. They know what goes behind it. So people here are more willing to talk about it. But Etsy is kind of dead here. Yeah, it, it is, yeah. Etsy is kind of quiet here. I told my dad, you know, before we had a website, <laughs> oh dad, I'm I'm going to put my stuff on, on Etsy. Yeah. And he kind of frowned at me and, and went, What's that? Like a Facebook? <laughs> no, it's Etsy. You know where you put things on it, and I assumed everybody knew what Etsy was. And he went, so you don't have a website. <laughs> but anyway, that's my father. So, basically, in a nutshell, I think that's what Etsy is. Now, when I was looking into this issue, when I was trying to plan for this episode, and I know that Mel, you sort of faced the same issue too, mm-hmm. right? That we discovered that there were a lot more issues. Going on behind Etsy that was outside the strike. Yeah. So even if I don't talk about the strike, Etsy is so problematic, and there are so many issues that I personally take offense to, that it's happening sort of outside this whole thing. You know, even if they didn't, you know, do what they did, which is raise the prices, which we will talk about in a bit. Even if they didn't do any of that, 
I would not want to be on Etsy anyway. Yeah. And again, it goes back to why we wanted, we didn't, you know, continue being on the site in the first place. Yeah. And it's not even just a location thing. It's it's beyond that. You know, there are so many, there's such a lack of control that we have, which anyway, we'll talk about that in a bit. So I know we've been talking a lot about Etsy, 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 and not really discuss the crux of the issue. And before I do that, maybe let's talk about some numbers. Uh, and let's talk about the cost of what it is to put your stuff on Etsy. Yeah. Okay, because um, really the issue is because they increase some of their fees. So let's really break down what those fees are. So here's the cost of selling on Etsy. Everything you list costs 20 cents to list. So every time you put up an item, it costs you 20 cents. So if you put up 10 items, it costs you... A dollar. Really? Is it a dollar? Two dollars. Okay. <laughs> okay, and each item is not permanent. There is a four-month validity period. Mm-hmm. So after four months, your product sort of goes dark and you have to pay 20 cents to relist it to the public so people can see it. So it opens up again. So it opens yeah. up again. On top of that... Etsy takes 5% commission for any item price. So if you sell something for $10, Etsy takes 5% of that. And an additional 3% if you accept something called Etsy payments. Okay, which so are, if you use their payment... Yeah, if you use yeah. their payment system, they take another 3% plus a $0.25 cents processing fee. Okay. And this is in US dollars. So for us in Singapore, to list an item costs us almost 50 cents, <laughs> okay? So, and if you advertise with Etsy, it's going to cost more, of course. And when, at, at the end of all that, they send you a bill every month, at the end of every month, and you have 15 days to pay. Now, the issue is that they charge a 5% commission, which they are calling a transaction fee, but now they have released a statement saying that they're going to increase that 5% to 6.5%. Yeah. Which overall means that their transaction fee has gone up by 30 freaking percent. That's a third of the cost for the transaction fee. And this is really the reason why people are getting angry. So now makers are saying, screw that, we're going to go on strike and make our voices heard or yeah. you know make yeah. a stand so, or whatever yeah hopefully they hear it and they, they do, do something, something about, about it. it yeah which in my very honest opinion they are not going to do something about it anybody that can make money during a pandemic and then after that still increase their prices are not going to do a whole pandemic doesn't do anything for them yeah a few thousand makers out of billions or millions, millions of yeah. makers is not going to make a stand which that makes me angry. <laughs> yeah, of course. Obviously, it's important to still make a stand. But anyway, so the crux of the issue is that Etsy has decided to increase their transaction fee or their commission fee. That was my Apple Watch. Just got hit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically, that's the point of it. And let me, you know, to to juxtapose this a little bit, let me share with you what I have found. Uh, a quote from the CEO okay. of Etsy. Interesting. And it makes you want to laugh, to be honest. And this is me reading the quote word for word, okay? He says, 
All commerce is about real human interaction. At the end of every transaction, you get something real from a real person. <laughs> there is an existential satisfaction to that. Okay. AKA profits. <laughs> that is his satisfaction. It's he just wants profits. And it's very... It's big words that don't translate to anything. Yeah. You know, you're just giving people a platform to sell things on and then you collect transaction fees. Yeah. You're not actually doing anything about it. I think that's why the makers are so angry because the makers are the one that, that makes the site, right? People are coming to your site to spend on your site because of us in the first place. Yeah. So, like, a lot of people are saying, like, you know, without us in the first place, there is how are you going to make exactly. your money and make your profits, right? Yeah. So, if you're not going to do anything to help us, to support us, then... then we're going to pull out. Yeah, exactly. And while it's their right, it's Etsy's right to increase their prices from 5% to 6.5%, I think it's a combination of a lot of issues that is really causing the strike and it's not about the increase itself. You know, like I said earlier, and this is where I get fired up. Yeah. Because like I said earlier, even without this strike happening, I still would not put myself on Etsy because of all these other issues that I have found. And Etsy is so... Problematic. I mean, I've used that word earlier, but that's really is the best word I can use. Etsy has so many issues around privacy and consent that really bugs me. And I think people know that, but they've just chosen to turn a blind eye because, you know, whatever, I'm not paying too much. I can still maybe afford this thing. So it's not really about the price. And I think people now are putting a lot of emphasis on the increase because that's sort of the trigger. It's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. But that's really not the point. It's not really what we should be talking about. We should be talking about all these other issues Etsy has surrounding them. Lack of consistency, lack of consent, which I I will share in a little bit. But I think we need to remember that the focus is not on the price increase. Because even though that's the issue, you know, it's every right. Etsy has every right to do that. You can put yourself on Shopify, which is where I see the comparison start to pop up. Yeah. You can put yourself on any platform. And if they want to increase their prices, it's their prerogative. You are using their services. Yeah. Just like how if you want to increase your price for your customers, you have every right to do that. That's true. I mean, as business grows, you know, sometimes fees things like that increases and yeah. it's just the way business are, right? I think it's just a little bit more frustrating because they didn't really explain why yeah. they they hiked up their prices. And if they doubled their sales during the pandemic, which, which they did, by the yeah. way, their sales sort of doubled during the pandemic, which means something is working, right? It's Something's going. It's happening for you. Yeah. But still, they feel a need to increase their price. And you know, all these platforms, there's, it, Etsy is not just the only one. Amazon, <laughs> their prices have increased during the pandemic. Yep. It's just all these services that make life bearable during the pandemic for us. Somebody is buying their fourth holiday home with it. <laughs> Etsy is just no different. It's just one of them. Yep. It's just that it targets a group of makers like us that really take time in our work and it's not it's not work that we can churn out so yeah. I think that moving forward in the throughout the rest of this podcast episode it's I would kind of like people to 
sorry, I, I hit the table. <laughs> I would like people to remember that it's not about the price increase. Or at least that's not just the sole focus yeah, of this. Yeah, it's not the sole focus because really, you have no say. You shouldn't be complaining if they want to increase their prices. You know, but and I think that because that's sort of the turning point, people want to talk about that. And when we are angry, when something unfair happens to us, the tendency is to want to say something about it. Yeah, of course. The tendency is to want to scream and shout and stamp our feet and make a stand and do something drastic. But, you know, like our title says, how helpful is it really? Is it really so helpful? You know, raising awareness is one thing, but is that the only pro? You know, when it comes to pro pros versus cons. Yeah. Because, you know, we made a list. <laughs> I actually have a pro versus cons list. And my pros list is one thing. <laughs> raising awareness what what in the world can awareness do you know it's it's you know so Mel and I you know we're both girls and we're in a relationship and we are very clearly an LGBT couple what does raising awareness about the LGBT community do if no one's gonna do shit about it yeah that's and true. that to me is the exact same thing that's happening here with the Etsy community right now I mean not community but the you know, the, the strike the yeah. strike itself yeah so maybe let's start getting into the actual issue itself and why I wouldn't want to be on Etsy even without this strike, even outside the topic of this strike, why I, what issues I have found with it, okay? Uh, I have listed five and I'm going to go through these five and these are things that you can easily Google. It's not, uh, it's, I didn't do any detective work or anything. <laughs> I just did a simple Google. I looked into it and a lot of these things that... Uh, were mimicked in the articles I sort of feel the same way and therefore to me it's an issue worth highlighting okay yeah. so the first issue is about privacy and let me give you some dates to go along with these points okay in 2011 Etsy allowed all their users to search all the other users buying history buying history yeah, which means all the things you buy on Etsy it's open public information. So people can see what I've bought previously. Yes. Oh. When it was hidden before, is it is now open and public and somewhere in your profile. If they just do a little bit of nosy clicking here and there, they can see what you've bought in the past. And now Etsy's point is that this is done so that we can connect with other individuals with similar interest. And it was done without any prior permission or any survey or anything. They just decided it's part of what they want to do and they did it. Oh man. This is a really, really huge issue in consent for me. Yeah. Because what I do and what I buy in my own private time should not be public information. Yeah. And this is not even if it's like R21 or if I'm buying like bondage stuff on Etsy. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it, doesn't it is. Matter. Yeah. I could be buying like a, a baby toy <laughs> as a gift. It's none of your business or anybody's business to know what I buy to help you in your purpose of connecting to me. Yeah, I think the issue here is about consent, right? And privacy, like, yeah. right? And there's no... I have not found an official statement from Etsy yet. Okay, it seems like they issue. have yeah. yeah it seems like they haven't made any official statements with it yeah and to me I just that point alone makes me want to pull out of Etsy yeah that point alone is insane I cannot believe knowing this information even if they say oh it's free to list would you still list it on Etsy then I wouldn't yeah 
and I wouldn't want you to either. <laughs> you know, it just I mean, feels yeah. so invasive. Yeah, exactly. Especially, That's why it is. especially in this day and time where we are talking a lot about internet privacy. This is literally the opposite of it. It's undoing any sort of privacy you can have. Isn't privacy the first thing you need to secure, at least like in terms of security for your consumers? Yeah, I would if think. If not, yeah. Yeah, I would think if I'm building a site that allows you know e-commerce, that I should protect the customer's identity and their their personal choices and decisions. Yeah, or, it's about it's about airing a choice that you've made into the world. Yeah. Or I mean, if you do really think this feature is important, let me know and let me. You know, I give you permission to do to do this, right? Yeah, give people the option to opt in or out of this. But they, it was none. It was just, it oh, was man. just done. Oh, that's, that's that's really bad. So this is the first issue that I found. To me, it's number one because it's the biggest issue. Yeah, you can increase your prices all you want. This point alone should be a. You know, like a case. Red, red flag, yeah. Yeah, it should be like a closed case, you know, that we shouldn't need to talk anymore. <laughs> anyway, that's point number one. So now moving on to point number two. And it's as straightforward as the reviews are permanent. <laughs> okay. The reviews cannot be changed or altered in any way. It's permanent. You can't take them down as the seller. It's just stuck on your profile forever. Well, it's a good thing if it's a good review, right? Okay, but if it's not a good review, if it's... Like, this gives way... This opens the door for spam comments, right. for fake reviews, for... and I mean, come on. Think about who the people are making reviews. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't... If you receive something that you're happy, unless you're really, 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 really pleased and happy, you go and make a comment, a, comment, yeah. a review, A review, right? yeah. On the other hand... On the other side of the coin, if you are very, very, very angry with it, you make a comment. You know, people make reviews when they are in the extreme moods. Either they really, really love it or they really, really hate it. And that's a small minority of people. In general, if you got something that you expected to receive and it's, you know, it's what you expected, no one's going to go back and make a review. So... It's very unrealistic to see a bunch of reviews on someone po- someone's post or someone's listing and if they say things like, oh, so angry with it, you know, I'm so this and that, you know, firstly, Etsy doesn't fact-check it. Right. Etsy doesn't fact-check. They don't discuss it with the sellers. They just allow an unreviewed review <laughs> to be posted on your website. They also It also doesn't share how the sellers themselves have tried to resolve this issue and whether or not this issue has been resolved, you know, I can already see how a competitor would get their people, would, you know, whoever is your competitor would leave a fake, nasty review and there's no way to refute that. Yeah, that's true. And where the reviews came in earlier and they were supposed to be helpful, because obviously, common sense would make you think that the more reviews somebody has, the better their stuff, or you know, the more you can make your decisions on somebody's stuff. Yeah. But in general, I don't like reviews because it's someone's opinion. <laughs> I don't like you to judge my work based on people's opinion and not based on fact. Right. Okay. I see. I see where you're coming from. My crochet could be extremely beautiful, and someone could say. You're crocheting too loose. This work is too loose. It's too holy. 
Yeah, yeah. But maybe because that's the stitch pattern. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be like that, yeah. It's an opinion, it's not yeah. based in fact. And I don't like reviews in general. I will sort of look at them, but I judge based on the photos itself, and I judge yeah. based on what I see. And if I can't be there physically to see it, you know, then I just go... I take a leap of faith. Yeah, I think... And that's what it is when you buy things online. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. No, it's great. I, I think with uh, the kind of products that we make as as makers, I I think that on that point, uh-huh. you know, having a, a review based on like somebody other's opinion is not so so important. Yeah. Like if I were to buy it from, I don't know, like maybe uh, the China website, uh, reviews would be good to at least yeah. let me let me know that I will receive my products. Uh, yeah. This site is a trustworthy uh, seller and things like that. Yeah, Reviews make sense in theory, um, but that's operating on the fact that every single person is going to be honest in their review. Yeah. How can you, how can you guarantee that? Yeah. And there is no way for us sellers to sort of flag comments or reply or remove them if we know they are fake comments. And in reality, a lot of people that give... I would say negative or bad reviews yeah. are pretty they, unreasonable I think at times yeah. and they can be the exception honestly yeah you could have a thousand sales <laughs> and like 10 of them give you a bad review yeah but then all people see is this person has 10 bad reviews <laughs> oh my god don't go to that restaurant they've got 10 bad reviews but that's not that's not realistic, you know. The yeah. number of bad reviews to the number of sales, the percentage is maybe really not that big at all. But yeah. who's who's doing the math, honestly? No one. <laughs> yeah, and the fact is, most likely the seller would have, you know, resolved read, it. Yeah, resolved yeah. it or responded in, in in a way, and you would never know yeah. as well. Yeah, and if you know, like for us and all of you makers, if you make for your own business, you would know. You can't please everybody yes. all the time. Yeah. There are going to be people who don't like your work. And they do come back to us and they do say, I don't like this, this happened. Can you redo it for me? And that's between me and them to resolve. And it's a case-by-case basis. Yeah. As is with all makers. You know, so I think the reviews here, it's not the issue. The fact that it's permanent <laughs> is the issue. Yeah. Is the issue. You can't do anything to change someone else's opinion. Yeah. And now this opinion is on a public platform for the world to see. Oh my goodness. Why are we still... Why? If you are still on Etsy after listening to all this, why? Strike or no strike? Increase or no increase? I don't think it's a good platform. Anyway, let's move on to point number three, okay? And it's a pretty short one, but I think it's still important to talk about anyway. It's the Russian war. It's the war on Russia and the sanctions that Etsy have placed on their Russian sellers. Yeah. So as of 10th of March 2022, like this year of the 10th of March, Etsy has blocked all of its Russian users and uh, I think it's sellers and users uh-huh. of their website. And you don't have to be based in Russia. As long as you have a Russian registered account inside or outside of Russia, you are blocked. What? So you could be a Russian living in London for the past 10 years and as long as your Etsy account was opened when you were in Russia and it's registered as a Russian account, it's closed. Oh no. And they put up a sign saying it expanding business restrictions in the seller's region. Okay. And I have an issue with it and I know that, you know, the Russian sanctions are all talk right now. Yeah. Everyone's talking about it. But I have an issue with it because these are makers and creators and sellers on the platform. They are not out there waging war on people. The war is not the citizens' fault. 
and it's easy to be angry at them, yeah. at Russians in general, and just have Russian hate in general. But it's not the citizens' fault that Putin decided to make this decision that he did. Yeah. And, you know, declare war. You know, it's not like the whole country signed a consensus and said, yes, Putin, go ahead and rage war on Ukraine. Yeah, correct. They didn't do that. And I think it's very horrible to punish the citizens for something that is their president's fault. Yeah. You know, and being in a country like Singapore that we are so conservative almost to a point, LGBT is still illegal here. You can still go to jail if someone tells on you or, you know, like if you're gay, you can't even like sleep or have sexual relations with your husband or partner. If someone tells on you or someone rats you out or whatever, you could go to jail still. And capital punishment is still the main... It's... It's... It's still being carried out. Like, they, Singapore will kill you, basically. And that is our government's decision, right? So if somebody comes to me and say, Yucks, you're from Singapore, you support capital punishment, you don't support LGBT, it's not my fault for a decision that my government made and now the whole country has to sort of suffer yeah. in that decision. And that to me is how I view the citizens. They're as much a victim of Putin's decision yeah, of as course. the people in Ukraine. So yeah. I don't believe in Russian sanctions. I mean, to some extent, yes, if it deals with government dealings, yeah. but not if it really affects the people yeah, like, on the ground. Or all the way down, down there, yeah. On the grassroots yeah. level. I know that this is my opinion. People may have strong feelings about it. But, you know, and I have Russian friends. Yeah. You know, I have a really, 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 really good friend that's Russian. Uh, we haven't spoken in a while, but I don't want her to suffer because her president decided to do something, right? So anyway, it's a short point, but I still think it's important to note. A big part of the crocheters that I follow are Russian. Yeah, yeah, there's such a huge community there. And they, they produce really, really good work. Yeah. And I buy some of my supplies from Russia too. Yeah. And it, I don't anymore, not that it affects me or anything, but I see that these people make honest business. They yeah. do honest work. They're not, you know, they're it's not just strangling people with a yarn or anything. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just sad to see them sort of being punished, you know, for, for something like that. Yeah, it's political. And I, I think it's kind of idealistic to think that we can keep politics out of the yeah. craft industry or the craft world. But, you know, it is the way that it is. And, you know, for this reason alone, if I were still on the website, I would have pulled out because of that. You know, if you want to support makers, you support the maker. Yeah. You don't have to support somebody else, but you can support the community of makers. But, you know, you shouldn't say only a select few makers who are not involved in something that I don't agree with. Yeah. So for that reason, point number three exists. Yeah. Okay, so my final two points. Mm -hmm. Point number four is that on the 1st of October 2013, Etsy changed their policy to allow sellers to use third-party... Uh, production or manufacturers so it's like they allow outsourcing for their production process what so it's like saying we're here for the handmade stuff but you don't have to hand make them and you know I talked about something like that in a previous episode where there is a very famous I shan't name names but there is a very famous local jewellery designer in Singapore mm -hmm. that all the cele local celebrities know and she's like kind of mingles with the celebrity crowd that she used she took like a six week course on jewellery making she opened her own shop and then she decided to outsource her manufacturing or making 
to the poorer uh, like sweatshops in Indonesia. And when the interviewer asked her, how can you still claim that your stuff is handmade? And she said, oh, they are handmade. They're just done in Indonesia. They're but just it's, not made by me. Yeah, it's just, but it's made by hand and it's by somebody else, but it's not made by me. So it, yes, it's still handmade. And you know, it's, it's such a joke. <laughs> yeah. And to me, this sounds like it. Etsy is basically saying, you can put your handmade stuff up as long as you claim that you are part of it somehow. Yeah. As long as it has your stamp of approval, you are the designer, you don't have to actually make anything. And tell me how this does not open the floodgates for all the Wish and AliExpress and, yeah. you know, what else do you have? Uh, I don't know, like the China wholesale websites. Tell me how, how Bas- this doesn't open yeah. the doors for yeah. that Basically to come in. Basically all the other mass-produced, like, goods, you know. Yeah, and... You know, a big part of what I see people complaining about is that they can do a search for like enamel pins, for example, on Etsy. And the top few sellers that pop up are basically AliExpress resellers. Yeah, yeah. Because resellers, yeah, that's that's the point, yeah. Right, and they have thousands and thousands of of like purchases, history, whatever, you know, like they have thousands of reviews and uh, like sales because they tell you how many sales you've made and things <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that, right? So it seems like they're so legit, but that's because they, they don't care about the cost of being up and they can't afford to do that. Yeah. And so it's just, uh, how can how can Etsy say, basically, I'm just repeating myself at this point, how can Etsy say, we are a site for the handmade... I, I almost said handmaiden. <laughs> no, no, no. We are psyched for the handmaidens. <laughs> no, that should be us. Hashtag handmaids. Dens. <laughs> handmaidens. So how can, like, how can they say we are here for the handmade things? Yeah. But you don't have to handmake them. Yeah, and you allow it to happen. And it just sounds like you're going against your your own policy yeah. in that sense. And yeah. it's worded so, you know, quote-unquote prettily. Yeah. You know, like you can now outsource your production or hire other people to do the work for you if you are required. And there are no checks. There are no background checks. So yeah. they just say what they want to say. And to me, this is the point where they know that they wanted to start earning money. If there ever was a turning point for Etsy from what it used to be to where it was it is now, now yeah. I think this is the point because it very clearly says I care more about the profits now. Yeah, because the things are not coming fast enough. Yeah, I obviously want more sellers on my platform. You yeah, know. I want more, I need more. So if these makers are limited by their time and their craft, then fine, outsource, find somebody else. And to me, this is what it sounds like. Mm. And so if I have to pinpoint one point in time, this would be it. Yeah. If they didn't make that decision, if they were more strict and consistent with only allowing handmade or proper vintage things yeah, on it. Which was what they initially started with, right? Yeah, then this wouldn't this really wouldn't be an issue. So that's that's my point number four. Yeah, I think this point number four is really important because it really opened up to a lot of the other issues that there was problematic, you know, coming forward. And when people now are talking about, you know, some of the arguments I see about why they believe in the strike, this is one of the points they mention, you know, that it's just full of resellers and obviously these resellers are going to earn the star seller or the top seller's badge, obviously, because they just don't care about all this, right? And so it's not about the price increase at all. 
it's about all these issues that were already surrounding it. It's just that I feel Etsy sellers have sort of closed one eye to it and sort of accepted it as part of their Etsy sellers experience or or requirement and they just they're just not doing anything or they've accepted it. It's just that now they've decided to make noise about it. But this problem yeah. existed way, way, way before yeah. they yeah. increased their prices. Yeah it, yeah, it really does feel like, you know, enough is enough. Um, there's, there's no... Like, you can't push me. I'm at the Any limit further, already. Yeah. Yeah. But still, you know, it's important to remember that these are issues that didn't just... It didn't just occur right now. Yeah. It didn't happen after the price hike. It's always been happening. So, are you only now saying something about it because it, it it affects you monetarily you know I just feel on some level and please don't get angry at me for this because this is just my opinion on some level it feels a little bit hypocritical because if you really care about if you're really passionate about Etsy protecting its sellers price increase or not these are things that existed before and that it should be talked about yeah, it's only now. I mean, you've made the decision to keep quiet. So respect your own decision and keep quiet about it. If you want to talk about the price hike, talk about the price hike. Yeah, you know, it's like having an argument with a friend named and they suddenly bring up all these things that happened years and years ago, which you have sort of agreed to keep quiet on. Yeah, or previously, I, okay. I mean, who knows how much they've complained about it? But if it's just, not enough for them yeah, to do something yeah, about because it, because now. You are making noise and we are hearing it, but why not before? And the thing yeah. is that now that I, I'm, I'm hearing about your this uh, number four issue, mm-hmm. I think this issue is more detrimental, it's more yeah. serious than a, a price hike. And I actually. feel like people are only complaining because now it's got to do with money. It's real yeah. things. People, people talk the most when it comes to money. Mm. You know, money can break anything. It, it's like, you know, the root of all evil, like they say, right? And so if... Etsy had changed another policy of theirs yeah. that has it's not monetary yeah maybe it, the, I don't think the, there's there would such be, a hype about this yeah yeah I don't think they would be saying so much about it I mean come on the point number one about privacy if that that's not a red flag to you I don't know point number two about the fake reviews still not a red flag point number three Russian sanctions of makers that you don't deem are worthy to support not a red flag and let's not talk about the advertising fee which is my point number five. Oh. You know, four red flags and I, only yeah. the issue about money. Yeah. And, you know, like I say, it's all about raising the awareness but is it helpful? There are other makers on the site that rely 100% on the site. Yeah. And by telling people not to go, it's like, you can choose not to go. That's your prerogative. You can choose not to be on the yeah. site. But what about everybody else But can you site? stop telling people not to? It's like, I'm vegan, but I don't tell Mel that she should she sh- should be vegan. I don't boycott McDonald's, you know, yeah. just because it's McDonald's or like <laughs> KFC because it's chicken or, you know, I, I, I do it because it's my own decision. But I respect that that's not someone else's decision. And you can raise awareness, but it doesn't have to result in you pro- trying to prohibit other yeah. people. I think as long as if you are doing something that's going to affect uh, I mean, obviously, directly affecting uh, other people, then I, yeah. I, I don't think it's really right. And I have my other opinions on that, but I will come to that later when it's appropriate. So, anyway, this is my point number four. And I, I yeah. you know, I want to I wanna emphasize that I am not... If you, if you choose to support the strike and you are choosing to actively promote this strike, 
that is your right to also. Yeah. And you have every right to do that and you have every right to voice your opinion about it just like how I'm voicing my opinion about it. But I would never tell you not to do it. Yeah. You know, if that's what you feel you need to do to stand up for your own for your own justice, then you, you should be allowed to anyway. Yeah, and I, I mean, at least for me, I totally understand why, you know. Yeah, and to be honest, I see both sides of it. Yeah. I kind of feel like slightly justified too on some level that, yeah, you know, people should be talking about it. People should be taking action. But the reality is that no action is going to be taken and it's going to probably affect more people than you would think. And so keeping that in mind, do you really still think a strike is the best option? You know, it's like, I could have 10 options, but if all of them lead to something bad, then maybe I should review what my options are. Yeah, again, yeah. Anyway, I could go on about it. Let's move on to point number five. And I've kept this to the final point because I think it's the most fucked up thing. Uh, and it's it's the thing that people have no choice over, which is why it's point number five because it's the most important one. So in February of 2020, Etsy again changed their policy to allow sellers to purchase advertisement from external sources like Google or whatever. Okay. And uh, all sellers were automatically opted into this sort of scheme or whatever. So basically, I have no choice. Yeah, so basically, you had no choice if you wanted to be in or out. And then after that, you know, you can opt out. So if you don't opt out of it, you would just continue being part of it. It's kind of how, it's kind of like how Apple, you know, says, oh, free trial, three months. Or <laughs> so if you don't delete after three months, they just They're start gonna, charging yeah, you. Yeah, charge you for it. Right? So it's kind of the same thing. It's just that they opted all sellers into it. And then you could, you could opt out later on. Provided you are a seller with $10,000 of annual revenue on their site, if you do that, if you earn $10,000 via Etsy in a year, you may not opt out of it. Okay. And, which is fine, but then they subject you to a 12% cut. So it's, and it's 12 to 15%, depending wow. on what your thing That's is, really right? really high, yeah. So if you earn just $10,000 in a year, and divide that by 12 months, please, you're not even earning $1,000 a month. If you just make a little bit of money off them, you don't get to opt out of it. It's like saying, I'm changing my policy and I'm taking money from you, but you don't get a choice whether you say you want it or not. You want to be yeah. part of it or not. Like, it's, yes, paid, like, sort of paid advertisement, but... But I take I, a cut from you yeah. of something that wasn't your choice to begin with, and if you don't earn enough, then fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but if you earn enough, then here, you are mine. Give me, give me the money, you know? I think it's because, the issue is also because, like, the criteria to hit that, that minimum. It's so to, low. It's so low for me to, to have that, that, you know, have to, to have to pay for that. Can, out of curiosity, can you just take that calculator behind you? Okay. And can you check on what $10,000 is divided by, I love that sound, it's like ASMR. 800 plus. $800 a month. Oh my goodness. You can't even pay rental with that. So if you earn just a minimum of $800 a month, you have no choice but to give them like 12% or 15% of that, you know, minus some. Yeah, and it's excluding all the other transaction fees that they are charging me already. Yeah, exactly. So... You know, I think it's the most 
shitty part is that you may not opt out of it. Yeah. And it's it that's just it's consent, you know. It's again it's consent, just like point number one where it's about privacy and consent. Etsy just doesn't care. And they've they have been doing it for a long time now. You know what was it? In you know, this thing about the privacy thing happened in two thousand and eleven. And some of these things happened way, way, way before two thousand eleven is like ten years ago. Yeah. More than ten years ago. And all these things have been happening. And so my just my doubt about whether this strike is useful or not, it really stems from all these points. You know, there are so many things that are that is already broken almost with Etsy. Yeah. But you still choose to use this platform. It's like Mel said to me earlier before we started this, she said, it's kind of like saying you want to be my friend and you accept all these negative things about me, but suddenly when I do one thing that you don't like, it's like all these things that you agree to accept about me get brought up now. Yeah, or it's suddenly an issue with with, with me, with you. It didn't used to be an issue the past 10 years, but now to support my point that you are bad for me, here are all the other points that I've been keeping quiet about. It sounds so manipulative. And yeah. I am not saying that the people going on strike are manipulative, but here's my conclusion, okay? If you can afford to go on strike, you are privileged. Yeah, because there are a lot of people who are who unable, cannot. Yeah, who can't do that. Yeah, because I remember a time where we could not, if something like that happened like five, six years ago, we could not afford to go on strike because we would have no income for a week. Yeah, and a lot of these uh, makers, these sellers, um, Etsy is actually their main... They're the know, main point of income. Yeah. Especially post-pandemic, where people are losing their jobs, they're getting pay cuts, some people can't get back on their feet, homelessness is an issue for them, maybe all they have is a small room and their phone to run their business on. These people can't afford to go and strike. And if you boycott them and encourage people to boycott them, who is going on it to to support them? Yeah. And so, if you can afford to take a week off Etsy, yeah. you know, if you can afford to forego one week's worth of income from Etsy, you are privileged. Either you don't rely on this money 100%, you don't need this money too much, and I know that it's um, it's a touchy word to use, but it really is the case. And I see a lot of the argument for the strike uh, with makers saying that, you know, you should encourage uh, your consumers to go directly to you, yeah, you yeah. know, and not go through Etsy. You know, they're saying, don't go through Etsy. You know, if you want to help, you go directly to the makers. But in the first place, regardless of what site you use, as a maker, you should be encouraging your consumers to go to directly, directly yeah. to you anyway. You know, whether it's Etsy or Shopify or Wix, they take a cut. As long as you're not directly liasing with the maker, somebody somewhere out there is earning money off your purchase. Yeah, I mean, of course, you are using somebody's platform, the service, you have to pay for it, right? Yeah, as a maker, you cannot solely be relying on Etsy to help you bring in the customers. You should be trying to connect with them and get you to come to them. I know of some, you know, I've seen some examples of sellers or makers on Etsy who have been on the site for like 14 years or whatever. Yeah. If you are content to stay on Etsy for 14 years, letting them make the decisions for you, then you don't get to have a say in this. 
you know, you don't get to complain about how it's not working for you because all along it's been working fine, which is why you're still on the site. Yeah. You know, maybe the conditions are not ideal, but there is, you know, there is... There's no perfect, like, platform out there. Exactly. There is no platform out there that would be the ideal because the ideal is we earn 100% of the sales. Correct. Of course. The only way you do that is if you come to me as a consumer, if you come to me directly and say, I want to buy this, how can I support you directly? How can I pay you the money directly to your bank account, 100% 100%, of the things, and don't include packaging and don't include whatever, don't include delivery, I will come pick it up from you. But is that the reality? No, of course not, yeah. You know, every website has its cost. You know, it Etsy. And you know, we use Wix. We don't use Shopify. We use Wix.com. And it's with Wix or with Shopify or whatever. And I see a lot of people comparing the transaction fees for Shopify and Etsy and how Etsy is like so high and Shopify is barely this amount. But that's not including the monthly payment you have to pay to Shopify. And it's a very skewed statistic yeah and even if it is uh including the monthly fee you can't really compare site to site in that way exactly so if you choose not to put an upfront payment of hundreds and hundreds of dollars which will be the price you're paying for shopify because they don't allow a monthly basis they charge you for the full year if you are willing to put an upfront amount and then pay very little in percentage after that choose Shopify or Wix or some other website hosting fee. But if you don't have that four, five, six hundred dollars to put in upfront and you want to open an account for free and then pay a larger percentage later on, then do it on Etsy. It has its pros and cons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we didn't use Shopify for the reason that Shopify is so expensive. Because if it's six hundred US dollars, can you imagine for us how much more expensive it is? Yeah. In Singapore dollars. So we use Wix because it's one of the cheaper ones out there. But every other service you see on our website is an added on cost. Yeah. We have to pay to have an inbox in the account. We have to pay to integrate Instagram. Or we have to pay to integrate uh, some... Uh, to allow you to yeah. check out. To allow you to check out and put your address yeah. or whatever. So we have to pay for it. Yeah, so in terms of that, if you really want to compare like Wix and Shopify, it, the difference is in the features, but you know, that's the, just the difference It's just price. cost, yeah. Yeah. And we take... The things on our website are more expensive because we have to cover the cost of it somehow. So we encourage people to come to us in other forms like our Instagram Live, which you guys have been so supportive. Yeah. So... For that reason, I know that if makers put a little bit more effort, and I'm not saying that I'm putting in the best effort, this is still an avenue that I'm exploring and I don't know anything about Instagram Live, but if makers put in more effort to reach out to their consumers directly and get them to approach them directly, it you know, it could be. It could be a way of living. It's not, yeah. it's not the easiest way, but since you know, when is earning money easy in, yeah. in order to make your money work for you you need to have money to work for you so you know that's how I feel about it uh, did we talk about why we left Etsy yet? Uh, I think you did mention that there were a lot of factors and and it wasn't really exactly the increase in price uh, but it's a lot of all the other factors that you mentioned just now okay uh, maybe let's talk a little bit about why we left Etsy in the yeah. first place I mean for one there were a lot of fees that we didn't like 
So plain and simple, we left. <laughs> it's really as simple as that. We didn't like, for the amount of money that we're paying, we didn't like that we didn't have control over a lot of things. Yeah. And I, if I'm running a business, you know, I'm that kind of person, or we are the kind of people that like to be able to understand or control the aspects, yeah. many aspects of it. Yeah, the fact is that all this hidden cost that everybody's talking about now, it has always been there. Yes, yeah. I agree. It's always been there. And so, am I willing to give up all this control for the amount of money I'm paying? If I am, then fine. Etsy did work for us for like six months. Yeah. Or was it a year? I don't remember. I think it was about a year. It could be a year. But after a while, all the things that I wanted to do, I just felt unsafe that I was sort of leaving my business in the hands of somebody else out there. And while you could say it's the same with Wix, at least I get to control a lot more. At least I get to build a site to my specifications. And when I, you know, when we calculated the cost, it's either upfront cost and I save more later on, or I don't save anything right now, I don't spend anything right now, but you know, it's a it's a bigger cost down the road. Yeah. So for that reason, we decided not to stay on Etsy. Yeah. And that was just for us, our business, that approach worked for us in that sense. Yeah. And it's not so difficult to set up a, a Wix account. Honestly, it's not so difficult to set up a Shopify account. It just needs a little bit of time. The, the way Shopify and Wix is made is such that you don't need a designer's background. Yeah, you don't correct. need to have a web designer. They do the work for you. You know, and you just click and drop <laughs> it's really as simple as the the advertisements make it look you know what's not easy is having to think about the design element yeah. but if you are a creator if you want to make things you will know that it's part of making things you may not enjoy it now but it's all a learning process and I think that you know having my background in interdisciplinary art I think it all kind of lends to each other yeah yeah and also in Singapore Etsy is not that popular. No, it's not, unfortunately, it's, yeah. Yeah, but it's a really small reason to why we left. You know, we we knew Etsy was not popular here, even, be, even before we started on the site. But we still chose to do it anyway because we didn't just want to reach... Reach out to the, to you know, Singaporeans. Yeah, we yeah. wanted to reach out to a lot more because I think that the, the crochet industry is very underrepresented. Um, it's very heavily skewed towards the American and the British community, mm -hmm. should I say. There is not a lot of representation for uh, Asians or like even less Southeast Asians yeah, yeah. like us. You know, all the, all the content creators, or most, I won't say all, but most of them are either American or European. Right. There is not a lot of Korean or Japanese or Singaporean or Malaysian or Australian. Yeah, There's yeah. a very small percentage of, you know, all that on just not enough emphasis on it. You know, so I, that's really why we didn't mind being on Etsy, being an international platform. Yeah. So those are the reasons why we left the platform. And also because, you know, we just didn't like how things were not clear and not transparent. And if you cannot trust what, how something exactly. is going to behave... Yes. Pull out, pull out immediately. You don't have to yeah, like it, just yeah. pull out. I think the moment we felt uncomfortable with it, we, we, we understood that it wasn't really something that was working out for us. Yeah, and it was time to go. It's yeah. time to move on to something that would work for us. Which is how I feel about the strike. If Etsy is not working for you, if you're unhappy with all these costs, the moment you can pull out, you pull out. Mm -hmm. You know, wait for your four months validity for your, you know, most 
recent you know listing, listing to yeah. expire and then pull out and go someplace else and don't support them this is the only way you can make permanent change or to make a real impact if Etsy starts losing its followers yep and it's not that these followers took a break in a week Etsy is going to wait a week. They're going to wait you out. Yeah. It's going to be there longer than your business maybe. Yeah. You know? They have the option to do that. They may be there longer than my business even. That we don't know. Yeah. But they are an IPO. They are a huge company earning billions of dollars. They're not going to give a shit about one week. They can survive a pandemic. They can survive one week. <laughs> that's so true. And that's the reality of things. And the reason why I feel like... Is, you know, is a strike really useful? It's because it doesn't take into consideration the reality of things right now, the circumstance of things. And I just feel it's so frustrating because it's a good point. You know, yeah. I get why you're angry. I support the fact that you're angry. You should be angry. In fact, I am angry. Yeah. But do you really need to behave in such a way just because you're angry? There are better ways to do it. You know, support makers to make a shift to other platforms like Ribbler. You know, Ribbler yeah. now is like really up and coming okay and they have much lesser fees and it's more transparent because Ribbler is created by a maker there you go see you know it knows what the makers want I think like probably 10 years ago where it's not so like you don't really have another option yeah it would have been difficult for you to move to a, a different marketplace yes uh, but right now like you're saying there are so many uh, alternatives right I mean there, there's one like Ribbler I don't know any other alternatives but the fact is that if this happened 10 years ago then yes a one week strike would probably make sense yeah not, not even 10 years like 5 years ago before Ribbler existed if this was happening 5 years ago yeah a strike would make sense you pull out for a week and then you go back onto and start your business being more conscious of what's happening yeah but now there is an option for Ribbler Instead of a one-week strike, you could slowly encourage people to make that change. It doesn't have to be an abrupt change, but you can make a change. Businesses, big businesses, don't look at profits in a scale of a week. They look at it on a scale of months and years. If from 2020 to 2022, sales drop or the, the users drop drastically, that's a sign. Yeah. One week is not going to do it, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, that's just kind of my frustration that way. You know, side note, I want to share a funny story uh, about Etsy and how I feel about Etsy. So about a year ago, I saw on TikTok this mm-hmm. video of somebody sharing how to make money uh, as a side hustle. So it's kind of like one of those how to earn $20,000 uh, in passive income on Etsy. And I was thinking, what? Etsy is like part of this like passive income thing now because when I left, Etsy was still very much supporting makers and creators, yeah. right? So apparently this TikTok video, and it's not just one video, it's many, many people talking about it. Really? It's TikTok videos, it's YouTube advertisements. Okay. And I guess because I saw one advertisement, you know how the algorithm works, they sort of promote more videos for you. Yeah. So this because this person was saying, here's how to earn in passive income or $200,000 in passive income. First, you go to Fiverr, you look for a graphic artist to to create like Instagram stickers for you or whatever, okay? It could be anything. You look for a graphic artist to do that for you. You pay them $5 per design. You take that design, you go onto Etsy, you create an account 
you put the design up and you list it for $25 and you sell it over and over and over again. Okay. And the reason you uh the way you find out which which things would sell is you go and look into the top sellers and see what are the top PDF sellers and don't sell a physical product because you can only sell it once but sell a digital product so you can just leave it there and it would just sell itself out forever and so you go into the top sellers you see within the top 100 most popular things on Etsy whichever is digital you go on Fiverr, you find a digital artist to create that and then you put that on Etsy and then this girl showed you the math. She was like, I listed it for 25. It was bought 2,000 times. So, I mean, I don't know if that math is correct, but basically yeah. that's what she's saying, you know. I sell it for this amount. It was bought for this amount and therefore my profit is this amount in one year all in passive income. Yeah. So and you can do that too. Yeah, basically she's saying you don't really have to do anything. You just like, Etsy is you know yeah. and good so, to do, do stuff like this and this happened like a year or two years ago oh I don't remember goodness. and I kept seeing you know advertisements for this to a point that I got really annoyed that I actively went to look for that video and click not interested on TikTok yeah. so that it, it would stop showing me yeah. these kind of videos because it is really frustrating to see how Etsy's name is being used in what concept Yeah, and to me it's like Really? Etsy? Like, I couldn't Why? make that yeah. connection. How did it become to, like, to this extent, right? To this point, right? yeah. Because yeah. Uh, we left Etsy a long time ago. Yeah. So my understanding of Etsy is kind of like frozen in time to the point that we left. I didn't know that all these things were sort of happening beneath the surface. Yeah. That because allowed, we were not on the platform already. Yeah, to allow yeah. someone to just rip off an artist, pay her $5 of, for her design and list it for five times more and earn that over a course of a year. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's just a funny thing to note that if you know Etsy is doing something, allows for a space like this, then is this really a space you want to be associated yeah. in? The moment you start seeing, seeing AliExpress resellers That's you should have clear gotten sign. out exactly yeah and you were saying when did this happen again it was like two quite... years ago maybe yeah I just I just cannot believe it <sighs> it's just it's frustrating I, I think this episode has gone on a little bit longer than I want to but I hope you would let me conclude okay because I know that I said some things that could maybe offend some people especially if you feel very strongly about this strike then you definitely will not agree with me so let me tell you what I think okay this Etsy strike is no different than cancel culture and I hate cancel culture yeah. I think if you don't agree with, with what someone is doing, to retaliate is not the right way to do it. You should rehabilitate and not retaliate. If you think they're being unhelpful or they're not being supportive, supportive or whatever, then you are also stooping to that level. There really is two issues here. One is Etsy's decision to raise the prices and two, the decision to go on strike. And they are both not mutually exclusive. Yeah. So on Etsy's decision to increase their prices from 5% to 6.5%, I don't agree with that. For a place that says they support makers and handmade, this is a shitty thing to do, especially when you've been earning money throughout the pandemic and plus some. Yeah. And this is really not you're not doing what you're saying what you say you would do. And you are sort of biting back on the people that really helped your platform grow in the first place 
like, wow, Etsy, what a shitty move, you know? Yeah. So, I agree with people getting angry. You deserve to have people get angry at you. You know, you deserve everything that people are saying about you because it's true. You don't support makers and you don't support creators. Yeah. The second issue about the strike, I get that you're angry. I support the fact that you're angry and you have every right to. But in this current climate, a strike is not the most helpful. Pre-pandemic, maybe, when people had more options and more stability. Right now, you don't know how the thousands and thousands of makers on the website... Millions of people on the website. Millions. You don't know what conditions they are working or living under. It's very irresponsible to say, cancel, go and strike for a week, because you can afford to. And therefore, it's cancel culture. I don't like what you're doing, so I'm going to cancel you by not being on you for... Week, it's just cancel culture, it's just not being said that way. Yeah, and motivating or trying to convince other people to do to do the same, I, I think it's just you know You can you can choose to make a decision for yourself, which is to go on strike. There is nothing wrong with you going on the strike itself. It's you encouraging other people not to do it. Yeah. And if you really want permanent change, a one week strike, like I said, is not going to cut it. Yep. make that change from Etsy to Ribbler which is what I am going to suggest make that change somewhere else you know start going doing it on I don't know Instagram because it's free but you know what it's just how long you want to bet the Instagram starts charging for the Instagram shopping at some um, point I've uh, I've heard that some uh, makers because it's quite a strong uh, community in Etsy right yeah. with the makers yeah. they uh, come together to build web- a website together oh you that's know, to nice sort of share the cost and i think that's also another option i you know? agree i agree yeah it's much it's gonna be I mean, much lesser fees for sure yeah let's look for solutions or for you know other options than you know going on a strike yeah. to actually help you know directly support these makers yeah. or support each other in you know making it easier and a better place for and more for, accessible yeah for makers and i guess that's also my point it's and, and my confusion really with it is when I heard about it and I heard that there was a strike, my instinct was to say, yes, let's go and strike. You know, it wasn't until I started really thinking about it and thinking about how I felt and trying to check my privilege because can I afford to not be on Etsy for a week? I can. Right now, I can. Can I afford to, you know, not whatever be supporting this I can and it's easy to just say it and repost the image but to actually do it that's another thing you know exactly so my first my knee jerk reaction was to want to join in on the strike but you know having taken the time to think about it I realised that it's it's a big a big part of it is rooted in cancel culture and what about the people who cannot afford to and I only know the people that are similar to me. I don't know the people that are not. And there yeah. are more people that are not similar to me than people that are similar to me, you know? Yeah. And so I can't just be in like a bubble and think about what me and my friends could pot- potentially do and not think about all the other thousands and thousands and thousands of people that, you know, maybe cannot afford to. So I think we've gone on long enough with this episode. I really hope that we presented. Uh, a more well-rounded approach. Yeah. I, I think that we really did try to share both, both sides, sides yeah. of why some people do support it and why some people don't. And, you know, I would just want to end off with a reminder that just because you don't see eye to eye 
doesn't mean that either side is wrong or there is there is no one side that is wrong or one that's that's not wrong. That's yeah, yeah, just correct. Yeah. It's just two different way of life and two different types of choices and they both should be respected. If you really want to make a change in this, if you really want to make a stand, then do something more productive with your time rather than going on strike. Yeah. And so that really is just my my final point to note about it. If you want to, you know, contribute to what I'm saying, and if, if you want to share your thoughts, and I know that I'm going to receive messages from you guys, I welcome your response because this is an open conversation. Yep. Etsy will always be here. There are always going to be people being ripped off by Etsy. They're always going to exploit makers because they are profit-oriented. Yes, exactly. So you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. We are at Crooked Crochet SG. Send me your messages. I want to hear it. I, I will be happy to talk about it with you. And if there's any point that I missed out or you know I didn't really cover or if you want me to clarify anything that I'm saying, let me know. I'll be very happy to come back and make a follow-up. You know, not... I will, I, let's next week we'll do our, our part two of our the whip because yeah. we, yeah. we have promised people but after that I'll be happy to come back and talk about any of the points that you want me to clarify or you know just to make a follow up so again you can find us and send me a message on Instagram or Facebook we are at Crooked Crochet SG or you can WhatsApp me or iMessage me we are plus six five nine one two seven two seven four three or send me an email crookedcrochetsg at gmail.com and we will see you in the next episode next week new episodes get released every sunday at 12 noon singapore time that's greenwich mean time plus eight so thank you guys for sticking through yes, thank you guys this really long episode i you know from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate you guys being here. Yeah, and the and, support you guys give us all the time. Yeah, and it's the support that I am very glad to have and I do not, we do not take this for granted. I just, you know, I love y'all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Lots so of love. With that, I will let you go. I hope you have something to think about this week and I will see you in the next episode. Catch up with you guys next week. Bye now. Bye guys. <laughs>